Welcome back to Clicknosophical Chatter with Dr. No Joke on 199 Global. This is edition four and with a feature about Delia Derbyshire and female pressure. And for this occasion, I have two wonderful guests here. That's Carol C. from Manchester, just beside me. And later on, Lena, aka Akamiao. But let's listen first to a track from Carol. Sculpted by glacial tears, ice caps been pointed, the oceans can breathe, the sky, the sky.
So what a beautiful, wonderful track from Karusi. Actually, my favorite track of her. I know her for long years when she was in Berlin. And that's from her album Everything Is Something Else. And now I want to introduce you to Carol. Hello, Carol. <laughs> Hello, lovely to be here and lovely to be back in the Berlin. Um, yes, yeah, so this track, um, this is a live version of this track that was on my last album. And oh. then there was a studio version that was in the album before that called Till You No Longer Blinkered. Yeah, and this track is actually called Mammoth Mountain. We didn't mention this so far. So this, this is a track from your face where you just were more into production where you were back in Manchester and studied uh, like sound engineering and so and you work with different musicians together and you use that strings and that, all that stuff. Yeah, so I started out um, as an electronic musician. Um, I'd never touched any musical instruments until I was 25 and laid up for five years. And um, and yeah, there was something really liberating about being able to make my own sound. I was listening to a lot of warp records at the time and um, and living in a double-decker bus. And um, so in that sort of retreat space, I started to discover, yeah, my musical voice, if you like. And then, then I sort of started to teach myself piano, um, yeah, learned sound engineering, um, taught myself, I guess developed my voice as well, and then started to work with musicians and on for that one, yeah, I worked with a violinist and the studio version, I've got a mezzo-soprano opera singer, so yeah, playing with those different voices and different elements to create hopefully an interesting sound palette. Yeah. Um, I would like to present another song from you. We chose one here, which is about water. Can you tell about this track a little bit before we play it? Yeah, so this is not released yet. It was made very recently for a um, creative intervention at um, the AGM of BHB Billiton, who are a big extract extractivist, um, yeah, multinational really, and they have their... Um, shareholders meetings in London and so I'm part of a collective called the Three Penny Theatre Festival Association and we create um, yeah, creative interventions that's hoping to raise awareness of yeah, the, the, the plight of the people who live the indigenous cultures who live in these places like Brazil and um, Colombia and how their livelihood and their economy is being destroyed by not very kind um, mining practices, basically. <laughs> so this includes, um, this is a, a soundscape that we, that we played while, while there was other creative interventions going on. And a lot of the recordings are from people there um, protesting and trying to protect their Water people and planet. Not death. Water is for life. Not death. Agua is para la vida. Now al muerte. Water is for life. Not death. Cinco. Cuatro. Despojo, dispossession, herida, wound, vida y agua, life and water, threatened and at stake. Vida y agua, life and water, threatened and at stake.
Agua is para la vida, now al muerte. Water is for life, not death. Agua is para la vida, now al muerte. Water is for life, not death. What a wonderful track. I, I like it not because of the content only, I like it also for sound design and this crazy trip. You're here also, I invited you for talking about Delia Derbyshire because I know that uh, since you're back, we're back in, in England, that you like discovered her and became a big, big, big fan of her and uh, like you developed stuff around it. But yeah, it's, it's up to you to say something now about how you found Delia Derbyshire or what interested you in Delia Derbyshire, why it's so important for you? Yeah, so when I did move back to Manchester at the same time as I arrived, um, Delia Derbyshire Archive also arrived in Manchester and I was playing at an electronic music festival there and the person, the artist liaison person looking after me said, you do realise that the godmothers of one of the godmothers of electronic music her archive has just arrived here in manchester and my answer was no and wow and it took me a while to no and um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> took me a while to pluck up the courage to approach the university of manchester but it took, and so i did and i sort of said you know this is a gem of electronic music heritage uh, is there any chance that we can do some interaction with the archive and do something with it and i think it would be really interesting and inspiring for female artists not just electronic musicians but for female artists in general to look back and yeah look back in the lineage really so very little bit of information about Delia she um she you can look look her up on Wikipedia she's very well documented online but basically she lived from 1937 to 2001 and she um she was basically one of the key figures in the development of electronic music in in the UK um she wrote um she was she was she wrote an album called um Electric Storm uh, with her band called White Noise and that was quite a seminal album that was released in 1969 that was using no synthesizers and when you listen to that and think about there's no synthesizers yeah it's quite mind-blowing she also worked with the BBC in a department called the BBC Radiophonic Workshop and um, and she was sort of basically um, realised um, Ron Grainer's score for the original Doctor Who theme which came out in 1963 and it has to be I think I hazard to exclaim that it was sort of the first piece of electronic music um, that was heard on millions of TV screens beamed into millions of living rooms um, at a time when obviously there wasn't many channels of TV and TV was still developing. So she was yeah, highly influential on a lot of people's subconscious, along with her peers, of course, not just her. There was a, obviously a collective of them and a community in a scene of the time. Yeah. Cool. And you, you talked about that the archive came to Manchester and that um, meanwhile you, you work with them together and you have access to this archive. How, yeah. how came that? Did, so, how did they trust you so much? <laughs> oh, they trust anyone. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you, you sign up. It's, 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 it's available to the public, but of course not many people are able to access it. Either they don't live in Manchester. You have to be over 16 years old. And part of the work that I do is in schools and working with children and young people to, to know that the Doctor Who theme was made, was, was created, not composed, but produced by a woman. And also to understand 
the history, uh, how by looking at that TV theme, they can understand the history of electronic music and looking at her working notes. So in the archive, you've got 256 audio tapes that have been digitised, not all her creations, some of its recordings. So she's got Can albums in there, she's got Pink Floyd, a lot of classical music recordings, a lot of radio recordings. Um, and then she's also, there's a lot of working notes and there's some really interesting stuff. There's some lovely, almost graphic scores where you've got all these doodles. Like there's one in particular that really struck me, like a cave. And she's written the harmonic progression, but there's all this visual stuff that really you're seeing the inner workings of, of working as a composer. And a lot of the time she did work for the BBC, but she also worked with, in theatre and um, freelance, a lot of freelance stuff, and worked with films. There's a couple of films that she worked with, the video art. And that's, that's all in the archive. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So you, you, brought some, you brought some tracks from the archive and you told me that's very, very exclusive. So it's possibly the first time that we can play it here very exclusive stuff so I think so yeah I mean it's basically with the permission of the Delia Derbyshire state um, there's a lot of complications with the archive because they're still trying to work out exactly the copyright and there's obviously ethical issues around the fact that it wasn't Delia's finished works so it can't just be released you know easily in the public domain so you know when we respect the charity Delia Derbyshire Day we respect the complications with that and we respect that her estate are her closest friends some yeah. of them so you know so yeah what we have is some um, some short extracts that sort of there's one in particular that I'd like to play which is uh, the make what we call the makeup tape for a piece called Blue Vows and Golden Sands and this was in the early 1970s I think or maybe late 60s maybe late 60s around that time and she was asked to create the music for a documentary about the Tuareg people in the Sahara Desert and for this um, she used a green lampshade a Kulakon green lampshade yeah. when we listen to the full piece you'll see how she played with that um, but This shows her using her voice hmm. as a castrated oboe, was how she described <laughs> it. And you can hear her recording her voice, sampling her voice, and then manipulating it. So as I understood, this is like like a patchwork, like bits and bobs from this and that. So so like like showing the process how she made this track. We will we will play the the, the full composition. The, fact, the next composition, yeah. So this is really how she worked with tape. She she only worked with tape. So she's manipulating that tape and obviously pitch shifting and then starting to make loops out of that with effects.
Um, so with that castrated oboe sound, she then took the lampshade and I think she really successfully managed to create this sort of heat haze kind of effect by um, sampling the lampshade, um, studying the harmonics. She was, you know, she studied maths as well as music. She was very clever and um, and quite obsessive. You know, she worked really hard, very spent a lot of time in night times in the studios, like people did at that time, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so you, she creates this, yeah, I think a really lovely ambient piece of music. Uh, yeah, should we listen now to the mm, to full finished, track yeah. Blue Veil, Blue Veils and Golden Sands? Okay. Yeah, that's the same sound. <laughs> So that's her castrated oboe voice.
Yeah, it's an interesting process to to listen to that. Um, I also played myself a lot of with the metal parts and all that. That's just fun also, but she studied it already, yeah. I think um, I think from, there's something about the extra texture that you get, isn't there? I mean, we both do that. We both play with found sounds, and I think there's something, there's a unique sound and timbre that you get and a new unique sound palette that, you know, this, instruments if you like your own orchestra that you can create but also there's something about the magic in the mundane for me like you know that lovely I love the sound of after you've just fried an egg that uh, when you put the pan under cold water that shh you know those sort of sounds I feel like they have something that's a bit more connected to life I don't know I quite like that's something I quite like about yeah, yeah sure sounds. playing your uh, another stuff which is uh, exclusive kind of the to the show which is a uh, Life extract from something more recent. So far, we just talked about Delia Dabisha, which is actually history because she is dead. But there's then this archive. And then there's Caro, who actually had not only access to this archive, she was so fascinated about Delia Dabisha that she created something around it. Mm. So this is a Delia Dabisha Day, which yeah. is... Yeah, which is now an official registered charity in the UK, which <laughs> makes me chuckle for some reason. Um, so, yeah, what, part of what we do is, yeah, we want to champion, um, I guess, yeah, female composers, past, present and future. So it's giving opportunities. It's making sure that women like Delia, um, there's plenty of them around Europe and the world at that time, make sure that they're visible, make sure they're part of that history of le development of electronic music. Um, it was quite reassuring for me to find that, okay, I'm part of a lineage. There was this woman... 30 years ago or 50 years ago or whenever it was still doing you know doing doing weird stuff then and now I'm doing weird stuff okay it all makes perfect nonsense and um and then we also teach in school so it's so primary school kids understand that there's that lineage as well that history and then we also commission artists to respond to the archive they're not allowed to sample it because I think that's lazy it's more interesting to actually delve into your creativity and reflect by looking back at Delia's work and people are consistently fascinated and inspired and come up with something new and this commission was for the composer um, Manuela Blackburn who's based in Manchester um, brilliant composer that I've been aware of she used to be in, a, in an outfit called the Splice Girls which I thought was a very good name <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah she, um, she's, she basically was very inspired by yeah, the sort of a lot of the tones that Delia used and um, she actually did get her hands on a VCS3 and sort of took some, sam so, some samples of that as well synthesized that Delia had used but what was also interesting is that Delia worked a lot with the visuals obviously TV or film and, and also a lot of her archive working notes are very visual so generally we commission a, um, a visual artist as well so on this occasion we um, we commissioned the artist um, Tracy Zengeni who's a painter and she did a light, some live painting to Manuela's piece mm -hmm. and it was really lovely it was I mean it was a big challenge for her but um, people who sort of researchers and, and people who knew Delia said this is the sort of thing she would have gone to in the 60s it was very sort of a live happening mm -hmm. kind of feeling and um, yeah and Manuela was really and Manuela and Tracy inspired each other as well it's very nice and yeah. she, she played this also live on one of the Delia Dosha days or she only makes acousmatic music so ah. it was played through the speakers ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so also we can talk also a bit about the Delia Dosha days do they happen every year now since when um, so the first one was January 2013 and I did that with um, Eilish Nguyen and Naomi Kashiwagi two artists and a, a, com 
the composer based in Manchester. And then um, since so, then... So what, what did they do? What was their role in that um, day? So we, we produced the whole day together. We fundraised. We got fundraising from the PRS Foundation, the Arts Council. Um, we've had funding from other organisations along the way. Mm-hmm. And and you culminated in a concert of all you see. Yeah, a concert, a panel, a symposium, um, workshops. So we sort of mix it now with a sort of variety of... Um, is that going on out there? Yeah, but, but and <laughs> how did, did it develop over the years? Um, so it's developed as, um, yeah, fairly consistent. Just let the sound of Berlin go by. That's not part of Manuela's composition. <laughs> But yeah, it's intended like this here in this show. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's nice. We're, we're connected to our environment. It's all good. Um, yeah, so we have, yeah, we sort of usually share some archive material. That's sort of like a deep listening session. Um, and then there's usually, it might be a film that, that we that we screen that's related to Delia or related to her, that, that history of electronic music that she was connected to. And then we also commission new art. So it's almost like looking back and then looking looking at where we're at now and looking forward. Okay, so let's listen uh, properly to this beautiful composition from Manuela. It's called Two Sides of Delia.
wonderful. Mm. I love this composition. It's really, wow, inspiring. I would like to also to ask you about um, the people you are connected with uh, in, in Manchester, who you work with or who you appreciate. And, and you brought also some other tracks which, which we could or would like to present also. So next, um, maybe this guy, Liam Maloney. Yeah, so I'm a bit of a natural. I need to connect to people. That's part of what my music's about is is all needing to connect. And um, so when I was in Berlin for a couple of years, yeah, made some wonderful friends, including yourself. And when I moved back to Manchester, obviously that continued. That was a new city to me. I'd never lived in Manchester, so I built built now part of a lovely creative community there. I've been there 11 years, and um, yeah, Liam's one of those people that I've known. He actually got a copy of one of my first ever demo CDs when he was 15. <laughs> so I've been, apparently me and one of the women were the only female electronic composers or artists that were in his collection at that time. And he was like, wow, who's this person? And then funnily enough, we met via a good friend of us called, a good friend of ours called Emma Wellsby, who's also a brilliant, talented musician. And, um, And so then we've been working together since, just sort of, you know, doing, I've been guested on his radio show and sort of we keep in touch and do stuff. And this is one of his um, creations. I think he's currently um, a postgrad student at York University. Well, yeah, that was a very highlighting, wonderful half an hour about Delia Derbyshire and you. And when people are interested in it, where can they find information about Delia and you? And Well, there's lots of Delia's work um, to be found on YouTube. And also um, you can find out about our Delia Derbyshire Day work um, on by just look us up on Facebook and all the rest of them. And or go to the archive. 
Yeah, you can visit the archive in Manchester. You just need to sign up as a reader, which is it's open to the public. So yes, as long as you're over age 16. And also look out for our events because we do actually have digital facsimiles of her working notes. And um, yeah, we, we try to help um, that public access if you like and then you can find me as caro c sound um online on the various platforms and yeah <laughs> hopefully you'll find us yep and also you're part of the female pressure team there was recently a party in berlin the 20 years anniversary of this wonderful collective and yeah this is like now the point where we can slip over switch over to uh, lena who's also a guest here in my studio And yeah, thanks for being here, Carol. Danke für mir an einladen. <laughs> Eingeladen. <laughs> This track is from Liam Maloney. It's called Places One, Pont des Arts. Okay. So, and now I'm uh, like to introduce to you uh, Lena, uh, aka Akamiao, aka Hiterto. Mm -hmm. And she's also part of Female Pressure. Hello. Hello, Say. and thank you for having me here. Yep, no problem. <laughs> 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 so let, let's play first uh, right now a track from yourself. So what did you bring? So this is a track uh, Uroboros, uh, which is a closing track from the uh, composition called Kumerang, which is for the audiovisual performance. It's a soundtrack for the audiovisual performance for our audiovisual crew Stratophysica. And um, what is interesting on, uh, on uh, the music, that actually the, the main inspiration was a poem by uh, Dagmara Kraus, and uh, we supposed to reinterpret, reinterpret this poem from different uh, kind of like fields, like music and uh, audiovisual kind of uh, performance. Mm -hmm. And uh, when uh, I kind of read the, the poem, I just felt that I have to make the poem, um, you know, into the into the sound. So practically, 
except the beats, which I added later because this is already a remix. Uh, all the sounds are from a reading of the poem from me, Alexandra and uh, Hen, which are another two members of Trust Stratophysica and that's that's the crew which kind okay. of did this composition. Let's have a listen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Stratophysica, what, what does it mean? So, Stratophysica, it's from Italian and Czech. Strata means a layer, and it's kind of inspiration, you know, from um, uh, physics. We, we work um, with uh, light and sound and movement. So, uh, once we got together with uh, Alexandra and Henry, we were just brainstorming what kind of uh, name we should, uh, you know, like use for our collective. And uh, from the brainstorming just came like strata, strato, and then I came physica uh, from Czech. Hmm? Uh, it means physics. So, then we joined the strato and physica, stratophysica. Invited you here because you are also part of this female pressure project, which was founded by Electric Indigo mm -hmm. 20 years ago. And there's several parties all around the world, and also in Berlin. And recently was a party with a lot of female producers, live acts, DJs, and you were part of that too. Yeah, it was happening in Menchmeer, and um, we decided to pull together another event of female pressure in Berlin. Berlin in the last couple of years got obviously strong with female pressure events because there is a lot of active members who started actually the kind of the, the wave of um, Uh, feminism in, in recent times in 2013 by organizing the, the first Perspective Festival and since then we repeated it in 2015 
and since then there is like a lot of events um you know at s- different occasions for example when it's uh, ableton loop we know that already there are a lot of people come into the city so at this occasion we for example throw another through another event in the uh, same heads last year and uh, this time it was um Yeah, at the occasion of 20 years of female pressure celebration. So there was uh, there were three floors in Menchmeyer full of female composers and musicians and DJs. It was amazing. Mm. Yeah, and you brought also some some tracks mm-hmm. exclusively for for me and for us here. Yeah. So, so um, what what should you play next? Like Shannon? Like Shannon? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Shannon Sanquist and her track. Um, It's also she also works a lot with uh, words and poems, and uh, she's from Dresden, and then. Um, I think she's recently studying media art yeah. at Karsten Nikolai, Elvanoto. Mm-hmm. So she, we met yesterday for the for the first time in real life, and we had a little chat in the backstage at the kitchen. And um, yeah, she's a really interesting uh, artist. And uh, as I said, she works a lot of with uh, poems and words, and she mixes out of it uh, compositions which are loaded with social and political issues. So um, she mentioned yesterday that uh, she's working um, um, around the topic with uh, Roma. Uh, people and uh, their culture, cultural heritage. That's uh, one of her kind of focus. I, I think recently. Ah, was interesting. Yeah, this this track is even called Verschwinden, which so let's listen. It sounds mm-hmm. very interesting. Was hat Verschwinden mit Verwenden zu tun? Mehrfach Identität, wir verschwenden uns an Identität. Das moralisch, aber nervliche. Also Bitch. Begriff. Essen verderben lassen. Mir schmeckt nicht. Den Teller nicht aufessen. Ja, das tut dem gut. Was sollen denn die Kinder in Afrika dazu sagen? Ja, Hölle, Hölle. Hat die Mutter gefragt. Internationalität, ganz äh, egal. Etwas verfallen lassen. Ich glaube allerdings. Ein Datum ablaufen lassen. Nicht. Ah, das ist ja so. Die, das ist, ähm, nicht, ich, das ist in, zu haptisch, meines Erachtens. In der Warenform begreifbar. Bild. Mir schmeckt nicht. In der Warenform. Ich, nicht, 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 nicht. Eine Auslegungsfrage nicht. funktioniert. Ein Eigentumsbegriff. Ich bin immer noch der Meinung, es muss glamouröser sein, als die Restbestände nicht, dieser Zivilisation nicht, aufzuessen. Nicht, äh, in, der, in der Ökonomie äh, unter anderem. Der Wahnsinn des Lebens. Das Wahnsinn, ist die Wahnsinn, Sinnlosigkeit. Überhaupt, 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 überhaupt. Nicht. Ich wusste nicht. Mit vollen Händen Samen im Garten ausstreuen. Für den Erhalt der Art. Den die Amseln aufpicken. Ähm, Postwachstumsgesellschaft. Ich, äh, Gemüse im Garten anbauen ich, und nicht ernten. Anderen weggenommen. Ökonomie. Den Kirschbaum auf dem Hof nicht abernten. Für den Ach, Erhalt der Art. In der schweren Zeit. Postwachstumsgesellschaft. Ähm, hat die Oma ist, gesagt. Äh, das verschwendete Zeit ist. Ja, Hölle, Hölle. Ich, 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 nicht verschwinden ich, 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 darf. Marmelade einkochen. Für den Erhalt der Art. Und die dann doch nicht essen. Ich, 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 Spielplatz. Verschwinden. Super interesting piece. I find so it's like a radiophonic piece which is made uh, cut up from samples from the radio actually. So we have so many more artists to present. Let's let's go to next one. What what about Sone? Sone made such a big name in the last years. She's meanwhile on Gudrun Gut's label, who is also part mm-hmm. of 
female pressure, pressure, right? Yeah, she's one uh, of the yeah, core she, members. Uh, I mean, some guys might know Gurungur because she's uh, like a, a legend, a, like she's a, a legend, legend from Berlin, the new yeah. wave years, from the Neudeutsche Welle years when when she played in Malaria, a cool like punky band. But uh, she's like active in, in many many ways. She did this Ocean Lab, um, Ocean Ocean Radio. So and now. She's doing this Monica label. And Monica she has Enterprise, me, yeah, yeah. And she has only me female artists on it, yes. or mostly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, think yeah. only. Mostly or only. And mm -hmm. Sona is one of them. Sona, uh, she just released there, it was in um, April this year, 2018. She released their, uh, her second album at Monica Enterprise. And uh, the album is called I Started to Wear Black. And um, yeah, it's a very interesting album. It's somehow a mixture of ambient music with some techno structures. It's not exactly like techno production, maybe one or two tracks. But um, yeah, it's very, very uh, interesting uh, as it goes for the sonic uh, or like the audio design. Really nice album. Yeah. And this, uh, this track is from the album, what mm -hmm. we play now. Yeah. yeah. This is called White Trash Rouge Noir. Noir from the second album, which was called... What was it called? I started to wear in black. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Let's use this time while it plays to talk about what's your connection uh, to female pressure or where you're coming from. You're actually originally from Brno, from Czechia. And so how did you get into electronic music? How did you arrive in Berlin and how did you find female pressure? Mm. It's a long story, right? No, it's a very long story. It's like reaching over 20 years But almost. Make it, make, it, make it short. <laughs> Just super short. No, like... When I was uh, living in uh, Los Angeles around 2006, oh, you lived in yeah, Los yeah. Angeles. Uh, well, in between San Diego and Los, Los Angeles. From Bruno to Los Angeles to Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, it's uh, the scene is very connected. Yeah. Berlin and yeah. Los Angeles, they yeah. have very deep connection. And now, and obviously, Bruno, Bruno too. <laughs> yeah. Bruno Bastel Instruments now they made Bruno quite uh, popular mm -hmm. because you know with the, with the rise of the modular synthesizers, like they are one of ah. them. So it's it's really like they they. Yeah. they Uh, and you were got so successful in a couple last years, I would say. So, but my like, of course, like the bass instruments are also my colleagues from the from my school, from my art school. So, after I finished one degree at the art school, I went to California. There, I met few people on the techno scene and uh, electro scene, and they inspired me actually to buy my first synthesizer. So, when I came home and I started to mess around with the synthesizers for the public and uh, yeah, making just like noise outside, I I. Nice. Also, like, yeah, the, I, like this noise yeah, right yeah, now. Like, let's, let's listen to some noise first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
pretty, pretty interesting stuff, but I, I had a totally different impression of her music when I was at the female pressure party. She played a more or less a techno set, and it was totally different music kind of, but still, still very good and still very nice. So yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, like when you are already invited to the environment where you know that you're gonna have people on the dance floor after, you know, she was not opening the set, so she was already second, so I think she chose more dance music yeah, sure. over, over like yeah. real but atmospheric. But let's, let's, let's go back to to you, how you came to Berlin and to Female Pressure. Uh, yeah, so, you, so you know jump you... back to my <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> beginnings. So when I bought the, the synth, I, you know, like I didn't know any kind of like, um, yeah, I was alone. I was very like individual person, so I didn't know. But I found Female Pressure Collective online, somehow I think through their released DVD, which was at the time. So I just simply joined the network. But uh, it was in 2006, and since I was this lingering member there, not very active, until I, actually when I finished the school and I, I finished my degree, then um, I started to do uh, doctor studies, and uh, during the doctor studies, I also relocated to Berlin. I was doing there, actually, <laughs> internship in MIKZ, Multicultural Institute, oh, it was Multicultural International Institute or mm -hmm, Cultural mm -hmm. Centrum. It sounded really good on the papers. <laughs> and that, it was a Rife Club. It <laughs> was a <laughs> but that was the time when, when we yeah, met when, also? Yes, exactly. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then when I relocated like to years ago Berlin, exactly, so. eight, mm. eight years ago, eight I years? moved here. Yeah. No, not yeah, longer. Eight, mm, eight no? years, I think. Okay. Or maybe it's running nine yeah. now, by now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But yeah, at the time I was here uh, in Berlin for a couple of years and only in 2000, let's say 12 or 13, I first got together with female pressure members because I don't know what was happening at that moment, you know, but we were like all unsatisfied because we didn't have any gigs and mm -hmm. we wanted to play. And um, I just started to do again with Stratophysica and I launched my new project, uh, Hydratu, which is more experimental techno. And I also, I wanted more gigs and I just realized like, oh, the situation is like, It's not for us. It's like it's set up one way. And then, of course, the, the traditional, oh, so they don't want us. Okay, so we got pays and we do it our way. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> so we decided to do it our way and we launched the yeah. first Perspective um, uh, Festival in 2013, which was a chaotic management but really interesting no it was cool but recently it was very nice we, yeah, had, like, we had three floors spread oh God, over I have to, I have to thanks Maya, Jete, Jete, yeah. for um, the organizing sadly, yeah. of the whole event together with her crew and, and how, how many artists played there 20 30 I for think, a lot, right? Yeah, I so think uh, in uh, I have I have some better and, <laughs> I could and you had check. Some, but and you uh, had some discussions. Yeah, going yeah, yeah. There was a panel talk about before. awareness of fem fem uh, female identities or producers in mm. the clubs in the world, and yeah. And there were workshops raise, raise, also for the graffiti, yeah. and yeah. I think some beat making. I mean, we we need to say maybe for people who don't know female pressure. I don't know if you have mentioned already, but mm -hmm. female pressure is there is a collective for raising. The awareness of uh, female producers, DJs, VJs in the electronic scene, and well, they do it for 20 years, and they, they uh, all the on the walls in the club, they were spread over all statistics. So everyone who's playing somewhere, you count how many men, how many mm, this is a little bit well, different, women okay? women play there. Yeah, I so, will explain if you let me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. but it, it was okay. So let me explain the facts. <laughs> so yeah, that was one of the of the. 
uh, arguments, you know, when we started to do these activities, when we started to point out on, uh, you know, the imbalance on the, but not only on the private events or on the, like, not let's private, but, uh, you know, when you have um, festivals which are donated or which are founded by the state money. Mm. Our society is equal. We have the same ratio of the female and male. Mm -hmm. So also the representation on the festival should be equal. Mm -hmm. And okay, if it's a private event or organized from some crew, I still can respect it if the Mm -hmm. people have different preferences. But if it goes to the official and public event, especially donated by the government, then uh, they should really acknowledge that mm. they are doing something wrong. Mm. And I think it was Susanne or Age or somebody from the older members who suggested like, hey, we need to fight their own wep- with their own weapons yeah, yeah, yeah. and let's reach out for the numbers yeah, because yeah. numbers work with yeah, them. Yeah, it's fact. Exactly, <laughs> facts. But eventually we find out this is not exactly statistics because we do not follow all the rules um, in, uh, you know, when you have to count the statistics but um, we did pretty well and um, uh, first we started to uh, count only festivals but then we started to count also club lineups and then uh, later we started to even count like certain uh, labels and their releases mm-hmm. the ratio of the female and male mm-hmm. and then of course we started to do it in uh, different countries then we reach out for the Europe then maybe uh, America and uh, Asia mm-hmm. but uh, honestly it's so difficult because there Probably. is a bunch of female counting uh, recounting make, making statistics and you know sometimes the lineup changes or there is a name and you cannot even find out who is it so we have also non-identified yeah. you know so yeah. just keep everything don't move the number so it looks a little bit more or less we have unident- uh, unidentified uh, acts then we have mixed then we have female and then, then we have male and uh, so these statistics are really they were shocking at first because it was like eight six seven percent and this is only now, after now, after we had the, the members how did it improve i think a couple of yeah <laughs> couple <laughs> percentage up no but it depends it depends it depends on the city yeah. mostly it yeah. depends on the country how is it in berlin um, you would have to check the, the online results because uh, I'm okay. not aware completely <laughs> about okay. this uh, latest because yeah. I wasn't part of the team anymore. Mm. But um, yeah, there was recently launched this 2019 uh, survey. So it's available online. If you go yeah. to femalepressure.net, you can f- uh, see the facts from the beginning, from 2013 up till now. And you can see, of course, it's rising. Yeah. The ratio yeah. is rising. Yeah, but Ka- Carol, Carol told me earlier today that she's also part of female pressure that it has an impact of many festivals that they now feel like, oh, they have to take more attention to this. Look. If, uh, how many female and how many males is. And yeah, like Transmediale. Let's, let's say or Transmediale. CTM. Yeah. Yeah. CTM, exactly. Because Transmediale, CTM, uh, they used to be together. But uh, in 2013, when uh, we had this first panel discussion, there was a huge criticism of CTM and Transmediale. And I, I, I don't know how they took it. Maybe not well at, at first, because maybe they their intention were not bad, I don't mm. know, but um, mm. definitely they reflect on it. Mm. And since they are like the example case, like CTM and Transmedial now, they almost have like 50-50, which oh, is wow. amazing. Yeah, It's, I yeah. didn't know this even. Yeah, ah, they, they, they so got okay. really well. They, you know, ah. the feedback which was provided to them, they took really seriously. Cool. Which I, which I think this so, is the way to go. So it's not, you don't do it for, it's not up in the air. It's just, it has an impact. That's it a good definitely. thing. Definitely. So, and to, and to I a, think it's got 
a little bit even more trendy. But yeah. this is fine. This sure. is really nice. But that's okay. Why exactly. shouldn't be women not trendy, right? <laughs> uh, maybe then also older women, not very pretty, maybe not super slim. You know, because like no, in the Whatever. end, no, in the end, if you think mm. about it, it became kind of trendy. But it becomes trendy, you know, in this trends, kind of superficial yeah. way, which is not exactly... That's we fight yeah. against and it. trends too. change and fashion can exactly. change also. So you, you so can change it too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I would like to... Time is running. Mm -hmm. I would like to just present another last Very artist. Nice. <laughs> talk too much. <laughs> no. There's like... Uh, I, I, I witnessed also a set on this female pressure party from Tatiana Hoyman. I met her later on and she's she's from Argentina and she just moved recently to Berlin. And yeah, is there something to say about mm -hmm. it or just should we listen? It's amazing music. Yeah, I let's listen first and then we talk. No, we okay. cannot talk anymore. It's just the last piece. <laughs> All right. So, Tatiana Hoyman, uh, I met her already last year when we had this meeting in the same hands, uh, same heads, pardon. Uh, also, it was a female pressure uh, meetup and uh, she was playing there and I think she comes from the background of dance and a lot of movement. She has amazing videos because like while she's playing, she's also dancing. Yeah. And this is the way I go because this is also yeah. like I really like bodily music. Mm -hmm. uh, when the music is not only for your head, but it it makes your body feel and yeah. it produces certain chemicals yeah. and then they actually affect your brain too so it's both way yeah, from and, the body and, and, and I, from the I saw her only instrument on the stage was and like from rolling a percussion pad yes. like a similar the SC, SPD mm -hmm. also well, very travels, interesting when she travels she cannot bring the whole gear yeah. I think she has like her drums but yeah but now she's in Berlin right yeah, uh, she, but it's she it's, it's striking when you're on stage and work just with one instrument and it's like that and sounds is great so yeah so thanks Lena you've been here <laughs> that, that was a nice, nice. nice, nice time <laughs> to nice share with you and, and Caro. <laughs> and yeah, so goodbye. And have a good time. Yeah. yeah. And I hope we hear each other again on the next chatter in four weeks. Bye bye. bye.